Join us for this episode of Nature Centered, a podcast from Wild Birds Unlimited about feeding the birds and enjoying nature right in your own backyard. Here are your hosts, John Schaust and Brian Cunningham. Hi everyone, I'm John Schaust. And I am Brian Cunningham. And welcome to episode number 69. And today, it's all about fattening up your birds. What? <laughs> what? We just went through the holidays. Didn't we all do that too? Uh, <laughs> hey, yeah, but, but you know, the birds need to get fat. We don't. <laughs> that's right. That's one of those survival strategies for them in the long, cold winter nights. So we're going to talk about what is all that all about for the birds, but also different foods that you can be using to yeah. actually help your birds yeah. right in your own backyard. Yeah, who knew? High fat bird foods. What, what, what a concept. <laughs> <laughs> and, so, you know, we're going to have some fun, some kind of interesting little fun facts about winter birds and how they survive the winter. So stick around, everybody. Okay, Brian. Hey, this is going to be fun today. A lot of a lot of cool things about winter birds. We're in the depth of winter right now. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is when the birds are really... You know they're not having a lot of fun out there. They're they're out there in the cold, the wind, <laughs> right. and the snow, and the you know long, 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 long nights, and and uh, they're they're a little bit challenged. But you know what? The fun part for us is one, we can do some things to help them, and two, it's amazing when you start looking at all these strategies these birds have to make it through right. you know the the harsh days of winter. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, it is. And you you think about these these tiny little birds out there <laughs> surviving the weather, but the adaptations. You, you think about some of these things. Some of the birds actually put on more feathers. You look at like American goldfinches almost double their feathers by volume. Uh, juncos. We talked about snowbirds on our last podcast. Those little juncos actually will put on about thirty percent more feathers by weight. Yeah. As they go into the winter time, so that's one tactic they do. Yeah, hey, just yeah. more feathers, it's like and, putting and on an extra coat, right? Yeah, and you know this is the interesting study. I'm sure you know we've talked about it for years, so different you know formats and stuff. But the bottom line is, there was a really cool study done many, many, many years ago that actually tested the temperature difference between oh, yeah. the outside air on a chickadee, the outside air. And the the temperature at their skin level. So what was what was the insulation value of their feathers? It gained them seventy degrees, seventy degrees. So it could be yeah, yeah. They're they're the air at their so just basically the outside air could be zero, and at the skin level it's seventy degrees. That's that's a pretty darn good (laughs) insulator right there. So yeah, Mm -hmm. those feathers are important. Chickadees live, we have different species of chickadees across North America. Um, and that's really cool. And you see these, some chickadees th- thrive better in more northerly climates. Um, some actually prefer more southerly. But you get different birds that can withstand different temperature ranges. And mm-hmm. we look at, like, the northern mm-hmm. cardinal is a really good example we've been studying for uh, uh, 100-some years. Mm-hmm. And how the northern cardinal's range has moved somewhat west but it's really definitely moved north too um, but they don't like to be anywhere where there's an average january temperature uh, of less than five degrees mm-hmm. they they 
kind of tolerate only so much cold. And so mm-hmm. each different bird species can adapt differently to that cold. And But you look at, so cardinal, okay, I, average temperature, five degrees. Well, but then you have this other example of like common red poles. Mm-hmm. And we've talked about those. Uh, in Alaska, those little guys can they can thrive or at yeah. least survive. Yeah, I don't know neg- about thriving, but <laughs> right. I don't know who can who can thrive in negative sixty five degrees. They can yeah, at least survive negative sixty five degrees Fahrenheit. Yeah, I was up That's in just, northern Minnesota. Holy cow! Yeah, I, I got to kind of watch a little bit. Of that. I mean, that wasn't <laughs> wasn't minus sixty five degrees, mm-hmm. but I was up in northern Minnesota in February of last year, and and um, red poles were really any feeder had just hundreds of red poles above it, on it, and below it, and everywhere else. And you just you just got the feeling, you know, these guys, and it was cold. I mean, we're talking mm-hmm. definitely below zero temperatures and, and, and beyond. And, but you just got the feeling that these guys were like, I got to eat, I got to eat, I got to eat, I got to store fat for the night, I got I won't make it through the night if I don't have a lot of fat, I got to eat, eat. It's just it's like a gang mentality of everybody squabbling and trying to get at the feeders and that type of thing so very much another cool thing about those cardinals that you mentioned uh, mm-hmm. you know that basically you can kind of yeah in hindsight we may have had a, a very early indicator of the climate change if you will because cardinals were the bird of the deep south they were not a northern bird and now they're all the right. way up into southern canada and that's been a gradual move over decades and decades. And it's it's that temperature is exactly what you're talking about, Brian. It's, that it's you know, obviously some habitat things too. But that temperature may have been a little yeah. bit of an indicator that cardinals were saying, you know, hey, look, I can move north now because <laughs> it's, it's not as cold as it used to be. Right. Well, and, <laughs> and we've seen it out west too with the, the western population of house finches as they've mm-hmm. moved up the, the coastal states. Um, and hence in, <laughs> interior as well. They're all over the lower 48 states. But um, Anna's hummingbirds becoming an, a much more prominent overwintering hummingbird yeah, exactly. along the west and how they've moved further north. Just amazing to, to see all of that. And, and yeah, like you said, how that uh, part of its habitat, part of it is average temperatures with our climate. So crazy yeah. stuff. Uh, but we we have we have mentioned the, you know a couple of times of course the title of the, you know about fattening up our birds and, and mm-hmm. you know that for many of our birds fat is everything it is what gets them through these long nights and it provides energy to keep them warm and they use it up at a tremendous tremendous rate mm-hmm. uh, and I think we've given this this little fun fact out a number of times but it's just still fascinating they literally will burn up like a chickadee will burn up ten percent of its body weight in the form of stored fat. In one night, you know, overnight, yeah. 10% of their body weight goes away because they burned up three quarters of their fat reserves just to stay warm through a long, you know, 13, 15 hour night, a cold winter night or just a long night. So it, it is, the fat is so crucial to these birds and so important to them. Oh yeah. Well, and we use chickadees all the time. And like you said, we've talked about that here and there in different podcasts. Um, also just to throw out a different bird. Mm-hmm. We have our ground feeding birds, like our, all of our different sparrows, and we've mm-hmm. we've thrown the LBJs some love recently, uh, <laughs> especially with winter. Those little brown jobbies, LBJs, white crowned sparrow, their their body can contain like three grams of fat in a night, and use half of that overnight. Mm-hmm. So very similar concept, and just how important that fat is 
you think about, okay, you know, yeah, we just went through the holidays. How much fat did we put on and consuming yeah. and enjoying yeah. <laughs> wonderful foods? Uh, I, high, I'd lo- I'd, high calorie foods. <laughs> <laughs> I'd love to get rid of 10% of my body weight in the form of fat at this point, you know, point in time. Would love <laughs> right, it. Right, right. Overnight. <laughs> Overnight. Boom. I would love to do that. Make me a bird for 24 hours, please. That's right. So. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it, it is. You actually can see this too, Brian. And I know you've 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 been with me sometimes when we're doing some the banding, you know, some bird banding. Oh, yeah. we catch the birds and put a, a numerical tag on them so that when we catch them, we can we can you know see if there's been movement and gone from one place to another, age, et cetera, et cetera. And one of the things you do, you collect a lot of data when you have the bird in your hand. And one of the things you do is you give it a fat score. And birds, you can actually tell how much body fat they have and give it a rating because you can actually see it uh, mm-hmm. their skin is so thin it's literally you can see right through it and so the the muscle tissue is a, a maroonish orange or maroonish red i should say and the fat is more of a uh, yellowish you know it's yellowish reddish you know it's, it's it's definitely a different color and it's in three distinct places it's in the little divot that we have like at the base of our our throat uh, you know, there's a little divot there in your throat. They have a very similar divot. They also can place it at the uh, base of their their wings and at the base of their tail. And you can actually see it. So you catch a bird, and like a, it's banding at a, at a nature center with a feeding area. You catch a bird first thing in the morning, and there's almost no fat on that bird. And you catch birds late in the afternoon, and the fat is literally bulging in all of these places. So you can actually see how fast and how important it is for them to put in all that time feeding to gather all that fat and, and be ready to go through the night uh, with a good reserve supply of fat. But it's really cool. You, I think you've had a chance to see that too, or you can actually yeah. see it's it. It's fascinating a, to be yeah. able to see it. And yeah. I, and if no one's ever seen that, if you ever get to go to a bird banding and, and see if you can have them show you that, it's yeah. really fascinating. But if you don't have that opportunity or you want to see something more <laughs> sooner than later, I think about like if you buy a whole chicken uh, at the grocery mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. sometimes you can see where the fat is stored on the chicken. And, and so not a wild bird, but it's a, it's very still similar concept <clears throat> and that the coloration of the yeah. fat. Yeah. Very similar. Lots of fun facts about birds and survival strategies, but it, talking about the foods, what kind of foods can we be offering up the birds that are going to help them in those survival strategies so yeah just fascinating and to think fat is fuel when it comes Mm -hmm. to the birds fat is fuel so very important and a lot of fun little fun facts to go along with how these birds are surviving the winter time but you know uh, one of the things we want to do is help people provide different fats for their birds at their bird feeding stations. And so it's like, okay, so what foods would that be? And, and how right. much fat are you supplying? And and that type of thing. Yeah, this is where all of us get to come in and play an important role in helping the birds. So not just by enjoying them, we know we can be helping them. Yeah, so, you know, some, some interesting statistics on some of the seeds. When you look at it, uh, mm-hmm. sunflower chips way at the top of the scale. I mean, you know, sunflower chips are really popular with birds. It's probably the 
most wide used and widespread used seed that we can put out there. And there's a good reason for it. It's almost 50% fat calories. You know, there's, there's, you know, protein in there and there's some carbs in there, but about half of the, the caloric value of that seed is from fat. And so birds love that seed because if I'm that chickadee and I'm trying to build that fat reserve to get me through the next night or that, that red pole, especially, man, I'm going to go for the, the sunflower <laughs> chips big time. So, yeah. Um, and you think about that, John, a lot of the vegetable oils that we have can be from sunflower seed or yeah. they're from some other seeds that are similar where they're squeezing, they're expressing the oils out of it. Wow, mm-hmm. that makes a whole lot more sense now to think about a sunflower seed. Yeah, having that much fat. Yeah, and it, and it's exactly right. And and another one of my all-time favorite foods, and I, I don't I don't think it's as widely used as it should be, and that's peanuts. Oh yeah, peanut mm-hmm. peanuts are a great food to put out in the winter time, and they're very high. Remember, we talked about the sunflower chips are 429 calories uh, per hundred grams of uh, fat. Well. Uh, Peanuts are 413, so they're not far behind. They're it's not it's far pretty behind much them. neck and neck. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So that's a, I love peanuts. I, birds love the, the, the peanuts, and they come in uh, readily to it. And so it's a, it's one that, again, especially this time of year in the wintertime, mm-hmm. great bird food to put out for birds. Oh, and I got to uh, tell not, you, yeah. Making, yeah, making peanut oil out of peanuts. I love frying things in peanut oil. <laughs> yeah, 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 there you go. Fat makes food taste good. <laughs> How do you stay so skinny, dude? <laughs> it good doesn't genes. work for me. <laughs> All right, back to the back to the back, back to the birds. Yeah, that's right. So um, another good bird food, uh, lots of fat. And again, we were talking about uh, four twenty nine being the top dog with sunflower chips and the fat calories per hundred grams. Safflower is three twenty two. So, you know, not it's 100 grams or 100 uh, calories less, but still very high. Mm-hmm. And then Niger, 342. So it's a little bit higher than the safflower. Oh, so Niger. those are your top dogs. Those are your top dogs besides suet. But besides, you know, your suet products are obviously going to be high in fat. Oh, put yeah. those up. But when it comes to seed, those, those chips and, and, and uh, peanuts and safflower and Niger are going to be your kind of your top dogs. Yep, Niger, also known as thistle, finches, red poles, love that. But they it's do. it's interesting too. All those finches, they love the the Niger uh, and and sunflower chips, and it's probably because you got high oil content, and they're e- they're easy to eat. If you can take the mm-hmm. shell off quickly, or if these not even a shell on it, then you've got some good, fast foods that you that are high in fat that you can consume. And I think that's interesting too to think about the fat that the birds are consuming, you know, the human physiology, we convert that fat into a different kind of fat as we store it. But birds, it's pretty much a direct, if I eat this fat, it's stored directly as that fat. So they can put on that weight very quickly. But yeah, I don't totally, I don't, lose that I don't fat. totally understand the, the process, but mm-hmm. my understanding from what I've read in the research and stuff is that, like you're saying, the, the fat is directly deposited. I mean, it's just a very rapid uh, de- de- deposition, deposition into the body, <laughs> yeah, into the body uh, tissue, because yeah. it's just basically un- unaltered. It just goes directly in. 
So that's pretty amazing. And that's one of the, again, one of the reasons I can store up so much fat in a short amount of time. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the things I wanted to hit too, Brian, that we, we've already mentioned it a couple of times, but I really wanted to make, cause I'm sure there's some people, you know, for many of us, it's cold outside and it's winter and there's no question that the birds are struggling to make sure they got enough food to make it through the next night. But, you know, it's got a lot of places that it's warm, <laughs> you know. There's a lot of southern states and southwest and west and a lot of places where it's still pretty pretty warm. And it's like, uh, we don't have to worry about those birds. They're fine. They're That's fine, right. You know? That's right. But the and reality is. That, it's relative, though. Yeah. Because they have to make it through a very long night without mm-hmm. food. You know, right. it can be up to 15 hours long for some in parts of the country. You know, I think you mentioned that here in, in central Indiana, it's about a 14-hour Right now, yeah. night. 14 hours of so, night. That means 14 yeah. hours of not eating. Yeah. And birds don't sleep like we sleep. They, they basically sleep with one eye open, if you will, just kind of <laughs> <laughs> paying attention to those strange sounds as someone trying to come and yeah. sneak up on me. So they're still burning energy overnight. Yeah. And that's a long period of time. Yeah. But then you have the opposite exactly. of the daylight hours are shorter. So I got to find right. enough food and calories to be able to put on that fat and have that energy for yeah. that longer night. Yeah. So it's a, it's a really important point because it's, it is not just about the cold. It is about that long, yeah. long period without eating. And, you know, some birds have other strategies. I think, uh, mm-hmm. you had mentioned earlier, uh, when you and I had talked that, you know, a lot of birds will fill their crop, you know, uh, they have a expandable esophagus, basically a pouch that they can store food in. And some birds, I think, Sisk- I think I read Siskins can store up to four, I forget, four hours of food. Uh, yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, Overnight, in their, in their, so they can, In their yeah. crop, that'll provide energy for four, enough food in their crop that will provide energy for four hours. Yeah, at Before about they ever have to hit their fat reserves, and that's at about zero degrees. Yeah, yeah. And so, so that's pretty fascinating when you think yeah. about it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like having a snack next to your bed. That's right. <laughs> that is not going to work well for me if I want to stay trim. <laughs> not a good oh, tactic for me. Good for so, the birds, not for me. Oh, so, so that's my problem. Okay. <laughs> So, um, fat, just to touch, touch back on that, fat is when you have suets and other suet-based foods, uh, suet itself is 100% fat. But then we like to throw other fun, tasty ingredients in there, you know, mm-hmm. different seeds mm-hmm. and nuts and fruits and things. So, we know that a lot of birds enjoy um, feeding on that those kinds of fats. So, so, what kind of fats do you enjoy using in your backyard to feed the birds? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, again, I loved the suets, and I historically our super suets very high, very oh, very yeah. high in fat, and then naturally nuts with the peanuts inside the you know the suet. That's that's another really high fat uh, suet to put out there, and the birds go crazy on both those products. It's really cool yeah. to watch them. So, and then I the cylinders, our suet cylinders are really handy, and I use those a lot. Um, I just was gone on a trip uh, for about eight days. Mm-hmm. And you know they'll they'll last. I can put them out, put a couple of those out, and you know my suet cakes will be gone within you know handful of days. But the cylinders take a little longer for them to get through, and so it always provides a constant um, 
dependable and reliable source. And I think that's uh, for the birds while I'm gone. And that's that's another key factor to remember this winter when you're feeding the birds and you're really wanting to do the right thing to help them. Uh, that that food source you put up needs to be there. It needs right. to be dependable and reliable for those birds. They need to be able to count on that food, especially during the, the, the worst of winter. There was a study done up in Wisconsin uh, many years ago, and it was actually repeated. Uh, it's been, it's been a, a study that's actually been done at least twice, and if not three times. But they found out that chickadees that had reliable access to feeders during mm-hmm. the cold winter months had a 50% higher survival rate than birds that did not have access to feeders. So it's that ability to have a reliable, dependable food source that will actually make a difference. This is probably the one time of the year that you really, truly can make a difference uh, on on the survival rates of some of your backyard birds, uh, as as these studies up in Wisconsin have shown. Yeah, that's pretty fascinating. so you mentioned suet logs. I too, I love the suet logs, and we created a uh, a feeder called the suet cylinder log feeder, and it's mm-hmm. basically a resin style feeder that has various size holes in it, and all the holes um, you were instrumental in developing that, where each of the mm-hmm. holes are kind of representing different woodpecker holes that are naturally made, whether it's you know downy woodpecker, hairy woodpecker, red belly or flicker or pileated. Um, so the birds absolutely love that feeder mm, and having mm-hmm. that suet log in it, uh, I have the exact same scenario you do. It lasts a whole lot longer than the suet cakes I put out. Mm-hmm. Um, I do similar cakes as, as you do, but there's also, I love the winter blend that we have. Yes. Uh, absolutely love our winter yeah. blend yeah, uh, yeah, 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 for yeah. all the high fat foods that are in there. Uh, mm-hmm. The birds go crazy over it, and it's a it's a loose blend for those who aren't familiar with it. It has seeds and tree nuts, and has bark butter bits, and everything that's been specifically uh, included as ingredients are very very high in fat. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I put it in tray feeders, I put it in tube feeders. I, I vary my presentation of it, but mm-hmm. they they love it, and it brings in lots of birds, lots of bird activity. Yeah. Um, and, la- and last but not least, bark mm-hmm. butter itself. Just the yep. spreadable bark butter. I, honestly, how can you have more fun? I mean, that, that is just a fun food to put out there. And you, oh, know, yeah. you, you either have a, a feeder that you can put it on one of our uh, feeders or, or you can just use a tree yeah. and just layer it on a side of a tree. And, boy, the activity, I, I will honestly sit here and say, there are two times that I think birds have radar. One is blue jays coming to peanuts in the shell. Mm-hmm. They have radar. They know the second you put those things out, and they're going to be oh, there yeah. almost immediately. Yeah, any and I of think the, the other one is yeah, yeah. I think the other one's bark butter. I will go out and put mm-hmm. bark butter out there, and and if, by the time I get to the door to go back inside, there's a woodpecker, you know, red belly or downy or something yeah. already on it. It's like they're watching me and waiting for it. It's amazing. So it's yeah. a lot of fun to feed. And it's high fat. Oh, yeah. I do bark butter in multiple forms. And I, I got to change it up throughout the seasons. But definitely in winter, um, the spreadable bark butter I put on a tree. And mm-hmm. I, I can't wait every winter for those brown creepers to show up. Yeah. And it's amazing. I have a lot of different birds that will feed on that. And even <laughs> I also have American robins that feed on bark butter when I spread it on a tree. 
Yeah, yeah. Crazy. Yeah. Yeah, I've seen that. We get, we get some unusual birds that, yep. that will feed on that, too, which is kind of fun. And my, obviously, my bluebirds, I mean, my the highlight of, of every single day is watching bluebirds go to bark butter. Yeah. That's kind well, of fun, too. Um, you know, we, we're talking a lot about fat. Uh, bouncing around in my head is that question that I've heard before. <laughs> really, birds eat fat in nature? <laughs> this is not a natural thing to feed, right? <laughs> yeah. I'm glad you brought that up because exactly right. It's like, wait a minute, where do birds get fat in nature? Yeah, well, well we already talked about a... seeds. Yeah, and seeds and, naturally and have fat in it, and and, and insects. Mm-hmm. But like the suet products, what, you know, where where right. does a? Well, I actually got to watch it again. I was up in Minnesota as part of my college internship that I did up there, and it was you know three feet of snow on the ground and in the middle of winter when I was there. And there was a uh, roadkill, a deer that had been hit by a car close by, and uh, would go out there in the cold snow and sit there and watch that roadkill because you'd watch the chickadees and the jays and everything come in, and they were picking off little bits of fat that was on the carcass of the roadkill deer. So they absolutely use Mm -hmm. natural sources of fat when they're available in nature. We're just mimicking that. So pretty fascinating. And you look yeah, at why do, why do we feed what we feed? Because we're trying to mimic what they have in nature. Mm-hmm. And we're trying to help them nutritionally. Mm-hmm. And we're just trying to enjoy the birds. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of, well, okay. It, it's kind of number one. And let's be honest. <laughs> enjoy the birds is number one. But we feel better when we know that we can be helping the birds. And, and making winter a little tamer for them, right? There you go. There you go. Well, Brian, I need to head to the gym right now and uh, take off a few pounds of fat myself, so I think it's about time we wrap this up. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I hope people have been listening in and having fun with this. Take us to the gym with you and listen in. Maybe learn something while you're working out. But appreciate everyone joining us for this episode of Fatten Up Your Birds. Absolutely. So until our next visit, which we're going to talk about the great backyard bird count and how it literally brings the world together these days. But until then, Brian and I are going to continue, as always, to let nature be our guide. Please take care, be safe, and keep those feeders clean. Thanks for joining us, everyone. To subscribe to the podcast, for show notes, or to find the Wild Birds Unlimited store near you, visit wbu.com slash podcast. And we really appreciate you telling your friends about Nature Centered. But until next time, we hope you find a moment every day to relax and enjoy the birds.